0: I'm Jennifer Nielsen, and this is Let It Glow, Episode 16. Stop, look, and listen. Ready, set, glow! Welcome to the Let It Glow podcast, a happy place where you'll learn how to let your soul shine and discover new ways to design your best life. I'm your host, Jennifer Nielsen. Hello, ladies, and welcome to another episode of Let It Glow. Who remembers when you were little and every time you crossed the street, you were supposed to stop, look, and listen? I took this very seriously as a little girl. And I also passed this along to my kiddos because what it's really all about is being aware and alert so we can be protected from danger. Many have asked me how to protect their children from child sexual abuse. I've had an outpouring of feedback and questions after sharing more about my experiences in the Truth and Justice podcast. Because the statistics are a bit scary, 93% of children are abused from someone known to them, many times family members. So being aware is the most effective way to protect our kids. I discussed ways to do this in my From Trauma to Triumph podcast. So listen or go listen again to that one to get more specific guidelines. But here's the deal. I won't live in fear or on high alert, but there are things that we can all do. So today we're gonna focus on how we need to stop, look and listen when it comes to our children. Developing an open and safe line of communication is vital in protecting and connecting with our children. So first of all, ladies, I want you to stop what you're doing right now. (laughs) I know that's a lot to ask. Maybe you're driving in your car, or folding laundry, or maybe you're just on the toilet. But my guess is you're probably not just sitting still, doing nothing, listening to this podcast. So whatever it is, just stop. Now I guess if you're driving in your car, that might be a little bit tricky, but just go with it. So I want you to take a break and give me your full attention. Does the thought of that just give you a little bit of anxiety? I know we are all the queens of multitasking. I just want you to practice with me because I'm going to challenge each of you to do this with your children. They all need you, your full attention. And obviously this doesn't mean all the time, but if you really think about it, how often are you just focusing on them? Too often our time with our children is spent doing other tasks. And where are your thoughts so often? You may be thinking about anything and everything but your children right in front of you. And I am guilty as charged. I chuckled a bit this week as I was thinking about this topic when I didn't want to stop and help Clover practice the piano. So instead, I put Lincoln to work and I put him in charge of practicing with her. Pretty genius, right? I was really busy, so I didn't wanna stop what I was doing to go sit with her. And what I should confess is that I was actually lying down in my room nursing a massive headache. So I don't know if busy is the right word, but I didn't wanna stop not being busy to go help her. So nevertheless, I was doing the opposite of helicopter parenting. Maybe you could call it satellite parenting. Well, if you're a mom, you can already see where this is going. Within a few minutes of setting up this arrangement, I could hear Clover running up the stairs. Mom, Lincoln isn't helping me. He's just sitting on the couch. I guess he was taking a few cues from me. So I sent Clover back down the stairs to get Lincoln, and then he comes back up with some not-so-convincing excuses. Well, Mom, I told her what to do. Well, that doesn't always work with a six-year-old. So clearly this wasn't panning out as I would hoped it would. And imagine that, my 13-year-old, who I have to hammer to practice his piano, wasn't equipped to get my six-year-old to practice hers. This is where the irony of the whole topic came full circle. I needed to stop, look, and listen. So I buckled up and went downstairs to do what I should have done in the first place. And what transpired after this was quite magical. See, I used to teach piano lessons, which is another irony in this whole situation— I actually love teaching and seeing the light bulb go on with those I'm working with. So in this quiet moment when I was still, completely focused on Clover, I was able to listen as she played some new music that she had learned. And it was actually very challenging, so she was tickled at her success as I sat on the bench beaming at the stride she had made, and I was tickled just as well. It was a beautiful moment where we had a sweet connection and could share a love of music, And I almost missed it because I didn't stop, look, and listen. And I do have to give a shout out to my dad today. It's actually his birthday. And my dad was an incredibly busy man, but he always stopped and made time for us. Always. One of my favorite pictures of him is up at the ranch, and he was just standing behind my son, Hayden. Hayden was probably about 10 at the time, and he was playing the game Life with his cousins. My dad was not a gamer, but because he wanted to spend time with his grandkids, he would just hang out and watch. I even remember with us as adults, he would sit with us while we were playing games, and oftentimes he would just fall asleep sitting there when we'd be up late at night. But again, he just wanted to be with us. And I could just give you countless examples, but one that also really stands out in my mind, especially now that I'm a parent, is all the times he took us skiing when I was younger. I remember going up the Sundance Canyon. It was a blizzard out. It was it was just it was a really really bad storm, and we had our old blue suburban. I remember my dad got out of the suburban. We all waited inside. We were nice and warm, and because he had to put chains on the tires, and it was just so much work, and I, I, he never complained. So when we finally made it to the ski resort, he then would help us all get geared up. Then he would walk us up to the slopes and help us get situated and then he'd wait for us at the bottom. He didn't ski either, but he wanted us to have that opportunity. I remember one time Deanna and I were coming down the bunny hill at Sundance, and we lost control, and we almost ended up in the creek, and he was there to help us. And again, he never complained. He would always stop and make time in his busy schedule for us, but he never made us feel like it was effort or a burden. He just made us feel like we're the most important things to Him. Because the bottom line is, is we are all busy to a certain degree. There will always be something trying to steal our time. And that's why it is so important that we take the time to stop so those opportunities don't escape us. So the first challenge is to practice stopping this week. That means take a break from multitasking. Be present Resist the urge to give half answers and to not tune into your kids. I know this is hard, but when you start paying attention, as I have, as I've been preparing for this podcast, you realize how often you miss out even on little opportunities to connect with your kids. My siblings have an ongoing joke about my mom when we were younger. She loved to balance her checkbook, and we could hear the clicking of the huge printing calculator all throughout the house. And she would sit there until it was, you know, balanced right to the penny. So if we would try to get her attention or ask her something while she was in this mode, she would typically answer, I suppose. So that kind of gave us the green light to do anything we wanted. And I'm sure we milked it at times. And as we give her a hard time, I think about how I kind of get in that mode where maybe I zone out. And it obviously is not with balancing my checkbook, but I have something even more enticing than an old printing calculator to keep me distracted. The cell phone that actually has a calculator, Google, Instagram, and a million other distractions on it. So this is something that we all need to be aware of because it really consumes our time. And so often we miss out on what our kids are doing right there because we're on our cell phones. And we kind of zone out. And another thing that's important to remember is that our children are watching us and how we spend our time. So again, this is something that I'm always trying to work at. I have, I have improvements to make, but I would just urge you to set restrictions and be mindful. And again, this is something that needs tweaking at our house, but it goes back to stopping what you're doing, put your phone away, and be present. Think about the different distractions you have and find time to put those aside. Stop what you are doing and focus on your kids. This brings me to the next one, look. There is power in making eye contact with others. The eyes are truly the windows to our souls. Get on your knees, get on your children's eye level. Just look at them. Make sure they know that they are visible to you, that you see them. This is so important. We all want to be seen, especially our children. Eye contact provides a powerful subconscious sense of connection. It is said that eye contact is more intimate than words will ever be. This is so true. My husband often uses the eye contact tactic with me. When he can see that I'm spinning or that I have a little anxiety going on or a lot on my mind— And basically that we're not connecting, he will make me stop, make eye contact with him. Sometimes it annoys me because I'm busy. I don't want to stop and look at him. But this simple exercise always reconnects us and grounds me. So if it works for adults, it will also work for children. And let me add to this task, the eight second hug. We started doing this not too long ago and it's especially effective with my teenage boys. Because physical touch and eye contact are powerful ways to connect with our children. Okay, now last but not least, listen. I love this quote by Brian McGill. I'm not quite sure who he is, but here you go. One of the sincerest forms of respect is actually listening to what another has to say. So listen, pay attention, and ask questions. Not the generic questions like how was your day, but really inquire. Recently, I was dropping Clover off at dance, and I got a phone call from my son, Lincoln. And I could tell by his voice that something was wrong. He said, Mom, I need you. So I rushed home, and I found him lying on my bed, and I asked him what was wrong. He looked at me with his big blue eyes and had tears in his eyes, and he said, Mom, I just, I don't know. I was ready to listen, but he didn't exactly know what was going on himself. And so I've used some of the training that I have gained in behavioral kinesiology to kind of help him get to the bottom of what was upsetting him. I love working with children, especially my children, but I'm careful not to force it on them. So I asked Lincoln if he wanted to do a session. And I knew I was limited on time because I had just dropped Clover off at dance, so I had a small window, but I really wanted to break through to what was going on with him. I wanted to listen. So he agreed, and before long, the wall started coming down. As it turns out, he was still mourning the loss of his dear friend Ryan who would moved a few years prior to this. He was his dearest and closest friend, and he'd lived a few doors down for years. And I always knew how much he'd missed him, so it was kind of old news because he'd been gone for a while. It wasn't even on my radar. But we had just gotten back from visiting him in Utah, and they had the best time. I mean, these two boys are like two peas in a pod. They laugh, they have fun together, and there's just never any issues. They just have such a genuine, kind relationship. So as we started digging, my sweet little boy broke down. He was still mourning the loss of Ryan moving. And, you know, visiting him, then coming home, he was just trying to readjust to not having him just so close. That was really weighing on him. And we both had a good cry. And he was able to really talk to me about what he was feeling and about his sadness. And an interesting piece to this was an insight that he gave me about Fortnite. I know how all of you moms out there feel about Fortnite. It was kind of the bane of my existence. And I had been hammering him about limiting his video game time. And truthfully, it's not a big issue for him, but if I had my choice, We'd banish video games altogether. So as we were there, in our you know having this conversation, I brought it up, and he kind of got agitated. And this really isn't Lincoln's nature. So I started in my, on my mom mode lecture about video games and what a waste of time they are, and on and on. And he said, "Mom, please just stop. Fortnite is the only way I get to hang out with Ryan. Meaning they play <laughs> to each other, or you know, on their computers." And he says, don't you think I'd rather be out riding my bike or playing football at the park with him? And that never really occurred to me. And every time I would nag him about it, he said it just made him feel worse. And it just reminded him how much he missed Ryan. My bad. I attached my feelings and opinions without ever really asking or listening to him about what he thought So often we attach our agendas or opinions to a situation before we listen to the other person. We have our own prejudgments. So I still have my same opinion about video games, but together we were able to come up with a solution how to keep it in balance and still give him that time to play with Ryan on the computer. So I listened to him, I quit making him wrong, I quit making Fortnite wrong, and then he listened to me And this is always more effective. I wouldn't have had these insights on his sadness that he was still caring about his friend Ryan moving, and even his reasoning for wanting to play video games unless I had made myself stop, look, and listen. Now, I'm sharing some of the examples that I've had when I've made the effort, but there are too many times that I don't do this, and I probably don't even realize some of those sweet opportunities that I've missed to connect with my children. Even just this last weekend, I almost missed another one of those with my son, Griffin. He is a senior in high school, and he really has, his dream has always been to play college football. So he had scheduled on his own, he's very persistent and very determined, and had three different colleges that had been looking at him that we were going to go visit in Colorado. And anyone that knows me knows that I don't like being cold. <laughs> But we ended up going to three different colleges in 22 hours driving in the car. And I just had kept kind of thinking of all the reasons why I shouldn't go. And Talon had kind of given me a pass, like, hey, Jennifer, I got this. You can stay home. You know, the trial had just wrapped up. I wasn't really feeling that energized, but I really wanted to go and have that one-on-one time with him. And again, I have five children. And so this is not always easy to do, to have that one-on-one time and I am so grateful that I went. We had a blast. And really, being in the car is a great way to connect because there's nowhere else to go, especially where we were because we were in these canyons and there was terrible service. So we had a good time discussing his future, his dreams. And it was really wonderful as a parent to be able to relish in his hard work and see him communicating with these coaches and seeing how they responded to to him And just to look at him as an adult, which I'm still having a hard time adjusting to. But in the end, he ended up getting offered uh, multiple scholarships to play football. So it was a very rewarding experience. And I am so grateful for the time that I took and that we were able to, to have together. So going back to the beginning of the podcast, when I said that an open and safe line of communication is vital to connect and to protect our children. And really, what motivates me the most with this this whole topic is to really connect with my children. But it really is so important because it does protect our children when we have that line of communication. Because if we have this, it'll make it easier for them to come to us if something is going on or if something doesn't feel right to them. Predators also tend to prey on children who come from broken homes or where parents aren't super involved if they're absent or busy. So the more involved that we can be in our children's lives, mindful of what they're doing, making those important connections with them, that provides another layer of safety. Because the bottom line is we need to be their advocate, their protector. We need to be vigilant. But most importantly, we just need to be there for them. So here's your challenge for the week. Take five minutes each day where you stop what you're doing, look, and listen to your children. Take the opportunity to just connect with them. This is the best thing you can do for your children and the best thing you can do for you because the investment that you make in the time that you spend with them will pay off. And I can tell you from experience, I have almost three adult children, I have my eighth grader, and I have my six-year-old. And at each different phase, I know that the time that I invest, it especially pays off as your children go off into the big, wide world. And that connection and that foundation of communication is something that is very important to me. So again, I just urge you to stop, look, and listen. And thanks for tuning in today. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to the Let It Glow podcast. If you enjoyed this show, share the love with a friend. This podcast can be found on iTunes or subscribe on my website at www.let-it-glow.com. And remember, let go and let it glow.